When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We rock it out to the West Coast. Get our bud from NBCSports.com, their lead NBA writer, Mr. Kurt Heelan, who joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing watching the bubble from afar, Kurt? I'm doing all right. I'll be honest with you because I'm not there. Yeah, I... I there's moments I have bubble FOMO, like I can't. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, I don't. There's a there's a number of reasons. It's just I'm I'm not going to be in that bubble, and I'm, I'm okay with it. But there's moments you're like, man, I'm just not watching games in person, and and not being at playoff games coming up and stuff. It is, it's hard. I'm used to being at some of this stuff and not being there, there and not being in on some of this stuff is. Um, yeah, there's. I, I feel like I'm missing out, but then there's also, like, there, without getting into the details, there's a lot of practical reasons, and it just doesn't work out. Right, understood, and same thing. I I'd like to be down there too, except I'm glad that yeah. I'm not down there, and it it kind of counterbalances everything out. Uh, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, and you just made me think of it by what you said. Who should we be giving credit for? So first, I got to start by stating my opinion. The presentation on television, what they did in doing things around the court, maybe just the Disney setup was that good to begin with that the NBA didn't have to come in and tinker with it. Is it the NBA or is it the television networks? I'm really enjoying these broadcasts. I'm sure part of it is I've missed the hell out of basketball, and I'm glad to have it back. But I think the way they've set it up and uh, with the 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 computer uh, fans in the background and the like. I think it's really a pretty good watch. Who should get credit for that? A lot of people at the NBA League office get credit for this because they were the ones willing to say, hey, if you're going to give us a blank slate, we've talked about wanting to do you know, X, Y, and Z with cameras, and we've talked about you know, some of this stuff. But it's interesting. I'm not sure how much I'm sure the broadcast networks were in on a lot of this, and I'm not sure where, how, you know, where did the virtual fan thing come from. That's a really creative solution, and it's a solution that the NBA can pull off in its restart in a way. You can't really do that with Major League Baseball, right? right? You know, you can't – you don't get to create a – you know, because they're playing in existing stadiums. You don't get the, the, the blank canvas to paint on that the NBA did. They're like, hey – we can kind of put whatever we want in here, and we can make this look however we want. And if the cameras are on this side of the court, then we can kind of put about anything on the other side and do all this stuff and came up with what was a really creative. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I think they've done as well as could be expected. And it's also what I'm happy with. It's not so loud, so overwhelming, that we're not still getting a little more of the trash talk and a little bit of the you know sneaker squeak and some of the stuff that I really was wanting to hear that I was afraid would be drowned out. We're still getting some of that as well as, you know, a, a, a decent ambiance. 
And uh, the two that you can compare right now, of course, are the NBA and the NHL because they're both playing Suns fans in either one. Major League Baseball, too, but they have a real problem because they're playing in 40,000-seat stadiums and you can only do yeah. so much. Uh, whereas, the, the I guess, the courts at Disney are in arenas that don't hold that many people, so being able to set it up and decorate it the way you want has worked. NHL's playing in bigger actual arenas, but their sparse coverage thing is also working for them. I guess it all comes down to what you like to see because I thought that it would be a bigger problem for me without the fans there, and it really hasn't been. It's basketball, it's hockey, it's baseball. It's pretty much the same to me, except, yeah, you're not seeing uh, people sitting in actual seats. Yeah, and guys are used to playing in, in basketball. And look, this is true in hockey. This is true in everything. Guys are used to playing without fans in the arena. Like, their pickup games, the stuff they're doing, They're not. Uh, there's not always fans around everything they ever do, and certainly not as they were growing up and, and playing in AAU tournaments and what have you. And a lot of guys have compared this to, to that. Like, they feel the vibe is an AAU tournament where – all the teams are staying in one hotel and they all kind of, you know, intermingle a little and go watch each other's games. And, you know, all the games are on one court and they're spread out over the course of a day. And, and so it does have kind of that little bit of summer league, but a little bit of the AAU feeling. Guys are, guys are kind of adapting to that. And we'll see, we'll see when the mask fatigue really starts to set in and the guys start pushing back against the rules. But so far, so good. Ooh, I didn't know you were going to go there. Is that inevitable that at some point it's just going to get too long? At uh, in only a, a couple weeks' time, we're going to have uh, a bunch of the teams, six of them, uh, told, "Okay, you're now dismissed. Uh, please keep coronavirus protective all off season, and we'll tell you when we're going to restart." But uh, shortly thereafter, half of the teams will be gone. We'll be down to eight teams. Do you think it is inevitable that at some point the fans are going to say, the players are going to say, "Hey, listen, I just can't do this anymore." I don't think it's going to get inevitable in the sense that some team is just going to be like, you know what, of like five players are just going to be like, you know what, that's it, we're going out into Orlando and hitting up, we're going to go get, uh, I don't know, some chicken wings, Lou wings, from a Lou Williams chicken like, wings, some Lou Williams chicken wings from, you know, I don't think you're going to get that, but I think you're going to see guys start pushing the boundaries of of not only some of the rules, you know, wearing a mask or whatever in there, but also, hey, can I sneak my girlfriend in here? Would there be a way to do that? I think you're going to see guys start to push some of those boundaries. But I think it's, I don't think it's going to be as that bad. I, I think there's going to be some of it, but I don't, like you said, uh, the teams that are least motivated to be there will be gone pretty soon. And the teams that will be there when you get to the final eight, most of them will be pretty motivated. Um, I'm really curious what happens when you get to a playoff series and, Team X is down 0-2, and it's pretty clear they're going to be out in 4-5. Like, what happens then? Are there, are there teams starting to really just, hey, we're losing this thing. Let's get, you know, 1-2-3 Cancun, and we're like, let's get going here, or, or what the quality is like. But we'll see. I think there's going to be some, but how much remains to be seen. Certainly something we need to keep our eye on. Kurt Heelan, NBA lead writer for NBCSports.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, you talked about intensity. I got to give these teams the nod. Even, like, uh, two bad teams. I watched a little of the game today, Nets and Wizards. And yep. neither one of them have a chance. The Nets are going to make the playoffs, but then they're going to get bounced. The Wizards aren't going to make the playoffs at all. 
they did play some intense basketball today. It wasn't always pretty, and Karis LeVert is now a star, and that's because they're down so many of their players. But I got to give all these teams credit, and nor the coaching staffs involved. Most of them have come out at a high level with not a ton of preparation after being down for three months. I don't know. Maybe they all had their own separate gyms that they were working out the whole time. But uh, the quality of basketball for me has been better than I expected. How about you? First off, there absolutely were team workouts going on, unofficial, not sanctioned by the team workouts going on for not all the teams, but a lot of them. Um, I think the other thing you're getting here, like a game like Brooklyn versus Washington, especially you know Brooklyn's brought in because guys aren't there. They've had they've brought in so many replacement players. You get the the same thing you get at summer league, which is okay. It's you're right. It's a little sloppy. It's not always pretty. Guys are playing for the next contract. They're the, the, those replacement player guys are practicing and playing to impress a coach to get a job next season, and they're going to go hard. They're going to go all out. They they realize that, hey, the G- <laughs> there's also 22 GMs in this bubble, and they're watching games, man. They're right. not just watching their own team. And if I really impress, hey, maybe I get a camp invite, and maybe I can find my way onto a roster next year. So there's a real motivation for guys to find a way to make this work. All right, we're a couple of days in. Everybody's played at least once. Most teams have played twice or will have played twice by the end of the day. What's grabbed you? Because something specifically hit me. I realized just before the show started tonight, I said, damn, this wasn't what I was saying 48 hours ago. Uh, And I know it's only one game for most of these teams, two for some. uh, But there is at least one thing I've had to reevaluate myself what has surprised you in the first three four days you you started to mention it the offenses are a little ahead of the defense i kind of thought we'd get rusty offense and, and better defense and uh, a little more ugly low scoring games it's been higher scoring it's been fast paced the guys have got their legs under them and they're they're getting they're getting points and it's the it's the defensive rotation. It's the guy helping the helper stuff that, that is not quite as sharp yet. And so you're getting a lot of buckets, a lot of points. Um, so I, I, the first thing that grabbed me was just how high scoring, how, how efficient the offenses have been so far. You can't spell Disney without D, except if it's in the bubble and the NBA players are there, exactly. which has kind of surprised me. Yes. And I'll give you the other thing. Tell me if I'm uh, overestimating it just because of a handful of games. Prior to the restart, I thought it was pretty cut and dry that the Bucks were the team to beat in the East. I couldn't see any. They, they, there's really no individual player who can stop Giannis in the Eastern Conference. We get to the West. He's going up against LeBron or Kawhi or something like that. We could have a great NBA final. But um, in the East, there is really no guy who matches up against them. They were the best team. They beat the Celtics handily enough in their opener. I said, well, all right, it's everybody chasing Milwaukee. Good luck. We'll see the Bucks in the NBA final. Miami looked good. Shoot, Indiana, T.J. Warren lit up the Sixers. Celtics bounced back today and beat Portland after losing to the Bucks. Toronto beats the Lakers. I came to the conclusion after a handful of games, damn, the East isn't as locked up for Milwaukee as I thought it was. There's got to, we got a chance to have a really nice final eight when we get there with the Eastern Conference. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. Look, first of all, I think we've been sleeping on Toronto all season long. And, and, I, and I've been guilty of this as well. We were like, okay, they don't have Kawhi. They, you know, Danny Green left. They're just they're not going to be the same. 
they're, they're going to be good, but they'll be fine. And I also thought they would decide, hey, if we're not going to be good, let's just blow this thing up. Let's trade Kyle Lowry. Let's trade Mark Gasol. Let's just rebuild this thing. They haven't done that at all, and they are very good. Uh, Pascal Siakam has stepped up and into that Kawhi role. Uh, they looked. You're right. They looked. That was a quality win against the Lakers, and they're in that mix. I think you know Boston's looked better, and, and to be fair, Milwaukee has looked really good too. But I'm I'm with you. I I think that this is good. Milwaukee's these teams are closer to Milwaukee than I think people realize. This isn't yeah. um, this isn't a complete cakewalk for the Bucks through to the finals. That's what I thought it was when they returned. I'm not so sure now. Um, kneeling before the games has become a big part of the NBA return, and it, we all saw it coming because of uh, the social unrest in this country, and uh, I think they've done a very nice job with it. Several individuals, specifically on the San Antonio Spurs, on their coaching staff, uh, Greg Popovich and Becky Hammond, did not kneel the other night during the national anthem. I was good with that. I've said all along that uh, other than the fact that he stated it incorrectly, what Drew Brees said was not wrong. It's an individual decision. You have to decide what you want to do during the national anthem. It's not wrong to kneel. It's not wrong to stand there with your hand over your heart. I feared there could be some pushback after a couple individuals chose to stand. There have not been. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's, Hey, I think that players recognize you if you're going to allow you have if you're going to say Kaepernick is allowed to kneel or or anyone is allowed to kneel, then you've got it. You have to account for it. Some guys, that's not going to work for them. Uh, I thought that look, Popovich has the street cred, for lack of a better word, to, sure. to, to do that and not have players question it. But this is also a guy who I don't know if everyone knows this. He's a, he's an Air Force Academy graduate. He's a uh, you know, spent time in in the military, actually in in intelligence in the military for years, um, before getting into coaching. Um, so I think th- there's something there. I'm not, you know, um, there was a gr- I, the really interesting one, and there's a great story we wrote. We ran it. It was from Kim Reynolds with DAP, from Myers Leonard, um, who's got a you know a brother's a Marine who's done a couple tours, and to him he couldn't kneel. But he felt like he really had to have a conversation. He's a Miami Heat player, so you, you know, you know, as Haslam is the Godfather, you, you go have this conversation about why you don't want to, and, and coming to the mind. Like it was a really, like guys are thoughtful about this. They're not just it's not knee jerk one way or the other. I think that the guys are putting some thought into this when they're not doing it. And if you're coming at it with a reason like that, I, I think people understand. Give me your read on the Pelicans and what they're doing with their star rookie. Uh, some people speculated that the NBA took into consideration as to how many people to put into the bubble, just enough to make sure Zion Williamson had a shot with the Pelicans because they wanted him on national TV because they knew it was going to be as much exposure as there was with the NBA return. And he's played two games, and he hasn't played more than 15 minutes in either game, and he even spoke out after playing only 14 minutes in the first game. Uh, what's up with the Pelicans and with Zion? They are so cautious with him. They have him so in bubble wrap. Um, and, you know, he was out. His conditioning isn't probably all the way back, but they are not. They are just concerned about uh, what I've been told. is They're concerned about 
just ramping up that workload really fast to get where they, you know, to, to risk another injury coming. Because, again, he was, due to a family situation, he was outside the bubble. He'd had cramping issues before. Then, you know, he came back, and you got to spend four days in your hotel room. And I don't care I don't care what kind of machines and weights you bring in the hotel room. It's not the same workout, man. Um, so I, I, the other part of that is if you're there and you're serious about making the playoffs, you can't, you can't not be playing him. Like that would, you know, if losing to the Clippers happens, Clippers are a very good team. You're talking about a contending team that had lost their first game, hadn't shot well, was a little self, they were self-motivated to like, hey, shake that off. They had to win that first game against Utah, and they had the chance. They were up seven with seven minutes to go. They did not close out that game. They, their defense has not looked good. They continue to turn the ball over, and they just they look a little better when Zion's out there and healthy. And they, they just haven't. And they, have, it's now must win for them. They, don't, I don't. You know, Brandon Ingram said this last night, and I think he's spot on. I don't think they can afford to lose another game. I think they pretty much have to go six and zero from out here. I don't, you know, they've got to finish one game better than Portland well, that, that, over the course of these eight, and they're already, you know, 0 and 2. They're, they're in a lot of trouble. If a cynic like, oh, I don't know, Jody McDonald mentioned to you <laughs> that it might be more advantageous for the Pelicans to not make the playoffs, that even though getting the experience for all their young players can be argued would be a great uh, outcome for this season. They say being in the, uh, and when I say they, I mean the powers that be in the front office of the Pelicans say, oh, but yeah, we'd love to be in the draft lottery. It's going to be a crapshoot draft anyway because we didn't get an entire college basketball season in. Who knows? Uh, we f- find ourselves in the lottery. We could uh, really improve our team in one fell swoop, a.k.a kind of tanking, uh, what would you say to such cynic? The other, th- see, here's the thing. I think they'll get there if they lose If they lose one more game. They're pretty much on the road there. But the other part of this is the eight games they're playing, if you're making a playoff push, are essentially playoff games, right? Like, this is eight games you have to win. It's not exactly the same in terms of, hey, we get one opponent, so we get to, really you know, drill down on how you know their plays and what their preferences are and how we can take stuff away. But the intensity and the focus that you need in the playoffs is, is there, and I think that they, they they get something just out of being in the bubble along those lines. But I'm, I, I'm with you in this sense. I think once teams believe they're out of it, <laughs> yeah, they're tanking. And, then, and they're not – I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, if they lose one more. They might just shut Zion down. If they lose to Memphis on Monday – they're done. They yeah. are done. And okay. if they're done, I don't know how much of him we see. Right. I think they'll really put him in bubble wrap. All right, last thing. Um, two things that have happened in the world of sports over the last month where when they transpired, I actually laughed out loud. Number one was the NFL came out with its preseason schedule and they had all four games. And I said, yeah, that's going to happen. And it went from four to two and then two to none. Uh, So I did laugh out loud. The other one was this proposed idea of a second bubble in Chicago for the teams not involved because it would be unfair to them to just shut down their season. I understood the line of thinking behind it. 
but it really had no chance of happening ever, did it? They, It's just kind of been dropped from the conversation. They haven't officially said it's not happening, but there hasn't been any news on it potentially happening for two or three weeks now. Was that ever real? Yeah. It, uh, you know what the thing is? It really depends on who you talk to. There are people and teams really pushing for that. And then there are teams that want just they're just not that interested. You know, to use an easy one, does Golden State need a mini camp? <laughs> not really. They're, they're, they'll be just fine. So um, I think I, I think the I think the more likely outcome is a couple of smaller ones. Like they don't. They, all eight teams don't go to Chicago, but two or three teams go after a couple of weeks of practice. They practice in their home gym for a couple of weeks. Then they meet somewhere for a week with two or three teams, and those teams play some scrimmages. Something like that could happen, but I don't think you're going to see a second bubble. I just, it's just not cost effective, Jerry. No, like it's, this bubble is a hundred. I forget the exact number now, but I think it was like 150 million or something to put this on, and for you know, which is fine because you're broadcasting the games and TNT and Turner are there and all that stuff. Um, nobody's broadcasting. Knicks and Warriors. No, it's not happening. That's not going to make it to national TV. So if if that's not going on, what's the motivation? They'll do something to get these guys some games, but it's not going to be a bubble in the true sense. Kurt, I'll let you get back to watching it. we got a good one tonight, Rockets and Giannis. Uh, That should be fun. Enjoy Uh, watching it. James Harden always wants to put on a, hey, I'm the MVP show, man. So, you know, it's coming. He'll, he'll probably get a couple shots up tonight. That would be my guess. Uh, Kurt, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks much. Always insightful when we have you on. We'll do it again soon. Looking forward to it, Jody Mack. Take care, buddy. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.